Hey, how's it going? This is Jane. I'm a flying instructor, charter pilot, and skydiving jump pilot in Australia. Welcome to another episode of this podcast. Last episode, I shared some of my memorable moments during my CPL training. There are a few more stories that I want to talk about. As I mentioned before, I started my flying training back in 2014. During that time, there's no recreational pilot license yet. It was still general flying progress test. So the maximum solo hours that I can go for with only the GFPT but no PPL was 15 hours. For the CPL training, I need to build at least 70 solo hours as part of the flight training. At some point, I was going too fast with all my solo flights and reaching the maximum of 15 hours. So I had to schedule an extra dual flight with an instructor to just reset my solo hours. I hope you understand what I mean. Then I went for the shortest flight in my entire life so far. I went for one circuit with a new instructor that joined UNSW for that year. He was very nice and he tried his best to save my money and time during that flight. Normally, we do a run-up check before every flight in the designated run-up area in any airport. That could take a few minutes to complete the whole process. For that flight, he told me that I can actually do the run-up check during taxiing, provided that the taxi is relatively long in Benstown Airport and there's no other aircraft behind me. But I will advise all of you, don't do that all the time because it will eat up your break of the aircraft. Imagine that you are increasing the power of your car to achieve maybe 60 nautical miles per hour while you are holding on to the brake to try to slow it down to 20 and drive that way. That is how you do a run-up check during taxiing. Even though a few minutes will still do some damage for your brain. After that, we went on one circuit only and came back with the record time of 0.2 engine running time. That was really nice of him. Another story that I want to share is the story about me and my regular instructor Estelle landed in a military airport that is restricted for any civil activities during the weekdays. So it was like any other day for that flight. Weather forecast look okay. It is reasonable. It suggested that the flight should be able to complete without any issue. There was some low cloud and rain shower in the area, but there's nothing major that will stop any CPL pilot to go flying. However, what happened was the weather forecast would never be always accurate. There's one thing all of you need to know. Sometimes the actual weather could be better than the weather forecast and sometimes the actual weather could be worse than the weather forecast. We were approaching Nara airspace which is south of Wollongong. It is also a military airport and I would need clearance to transit in their airspace. For my flight plan, I planned to go through the airspace via a normal VFR route. Some part of the route is inland and some part of the route is coastal. However, the weather didn't allow me to do it, so I decided to request to fly along the coastline for the transit. Then I started noticing there were more rain showers approaching our way from the land side. 
About halfway of the coastal flying, I started seeing there's a wall of drizzle in front of us. So meaning that I couldn't get through it because the visibility would drop down really low. That would not be legal for visual flying. I made another decision to request to turn back in the opposite direction to try to get back to Bensound. However, what we didn't realize was there were a wall of drizzle in the opposite direction as well. By this point, I was feeling a little bit stuck with the weather. It was quite scary. Then I tried to fly back inland to see if there's any gap between cloud so I could get past quickly, which is actually quite common to do in Darwin here during the wet season. However, the cloud base was getting lower and lower and the wall of drizzle or rain shower were closing up. Even though the ATC of narrow airspace was giving us clearance like do whatever and wherever you want to exit the airspace. Then they start giving us coordinate of some private airstrip in the area for us to see if we need to do an emergency landing because basically we couldn't go anywhere. We were trapped with some terrain. There were plenty of flat land for us to do emergency landing. But if we have a choice, we try not to. The airstrip that the ATC gave us were actually not operational usable for years. I don't know if there's the right wording to describe that. Basically, it's not usable for any aircraft to land and also take off from there. Especially there were just rain passing through the area. The surface of the airstrip won't be good for us to land. Remember, if you do plan to do an emergency landing somewhere, always think about can you actually take off from there to leave that place? Unless if it's an engine failure, then you don't have much time to think about it. But in my case, there was not an engine failure. I don't have a lot of time, but I still have time to choose. As though my instructor basically just took my map and do the navigation for me by that time. And I was focusing on flying the plane, avoiding weather, but we were struggling to find any places to land. Then I still remember to this day, the ATC said, welcome to Nara Airport. I was like, thank God. <laughs> the ATC started to vector us to fly to the airport clear us for a landing. We landed safely, the airport staff came to us to welcome us and bring us to the museum cafe. In Nara Airport, there's actually an aviation museum, you should check it out sometime. We sat down and waited for about an hour or two. Estelle even asked me for money and I said I only have nooks, I don't have the coins for the vending machine. <laughs> One of the most important things that Estelle and I learned after this flight is that drizzle is not always visible on weather radar. Because of the intensity level of the moisture is too low to be detected by the weather radar, apparently. When we actually look at the weather radar after we landed, we couldn't see any rain shower up on the radar. It was clear. Normally for the weather radar is a display to show the intensity of the precipitation. There are different colors to show different level of intensity. If it's white or blue, it's normally fine to find with this kind of precipitation. However, if it's yellow, red, or even black, that is considered to be really dangerous. 
One fun fact is when you're flying through drizzle compared to rain shower or heavy rain, the visibility could be way, way lower than heavy rain because the precipitation from drizzle have no apparent direction of travel. So they're going everywhere that make the visibility to be lower while the rain shower will be going in the same direction. That's why the visibility could be higher. Still low, but it's better while you're flying through it. Anyways, we waited for the weather to clear up, then we departed from Nara Airport. I specifically said thank you to the ATC for their help, because if they didn't give us the permission to land, I may not be here talking to you guys. I may not be continuing my flying professionally, who knows? Anyways, I will finish the episode here to make it short and sweet. Let me know if you prefer longer or shorter video. Also, I will have more stories to share for my flying training. So stay tuned. Thank you for watching or listening. I will see you next time.